This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, September 25th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. Those who want to continue getting tough on crime with mandatory minimum sentences should be able to explain the reductions in both crime and harsh sentencing in many states. Kevin Ring is president of Families Against Mandatory Minimums. We discussed the available research. What has been the long-held pitch on behalf of mandatory minimum sentencing? It's, it's not... One, it's it's got to be we're going to send a signal to criminals not to do these uh, much worse crimes as we've defined as a special category that are deserving of these – of taking away judicial discretion uh, and presumably getting these people off the streets for a longer period of time is beneficial to society. And what does the social science research say about that? Yeah. I mean the premise behind mandatory minimums is twofold. One is more incarceration is a good thing. It will help us reduce crime. And two, we can't rely on soft-headed judges to send people away. And so we need as politicians to set a minimum sentence for everybody. So that's the premise. But it is really focused on that first part I think which is that incarceration is the key to reducing crime. We now have data of over 30 years, much longer than that actually, that show a very loose, tenuous connection between incarceration rates and crime rates. And there's a new report out that just addresses that issue and talks about what's happened even in the last 15 years. So we've seen 19 states in the last 15 years actually reduce their incarceration rates and their crime rates. Well, that just blows out of the water the theory that we need more prisons in order to reduce crime. Do we need fewer prisons? I wouldn't say that either. I think what's needed in this area is a little humility. I mean people have made so many predictions over the years about what will reduce crime and been proven wrong so often. You think they might be a little uh, reticent to offer such strong suggestions. I would not say at all times. But I would, I would think about the Laffer curve. Do tax cuts always work? Do we always need uh, tax cuts? Do we always need tax increases? There are points that are optimal levels of prisons. You know, prison occupancy. And so the idea was maybe in the 70s, we weren't punishing people enough. And in the late 60s and 70s, crime rate went up. But then we built a prison every 10 days for 15 years in this country. So we reached the point where the marginal return on those extra bed spaces was very small in terms of public safety. So we had overkill. So right now, no, I don't think more prison is the answer. It's not going to make us any safer. It's not to say that at no time, is more incarceration not helpful to, to public safety? Are there categories of crimes where mandatory minimums have had a noticeable impact on uh, crime rates in, in those categories? Well, with regard specifically to mandatory minimums, no. There's been no studies that suggest that mandatory minimums were the distinguishing factor that made uh, the public safer. So even when you've had programs like Project Exile in Virginia, which was a mandatory minimum five years for a gun. The study showed that crime went down after that. But then they looked at comparable jurisdictions even in Virginia where they didn't use Project Exile and crime went down by the same period. And so the problem with this is studies and trying to control for all these different factors, demographics. I mean there are so many factors that are at work here that trying to isolate you know, one uh, potential cause is hard to do. And with mandatory minimums, there's no study that shows that mandatory minimums have reduced crime. I'm willing to concede that some more incarceration can sometimes reduce crime. But that incarceration doesn't mean 
mandatory penalties set by politicians. It just may mean a change in the culture that judges are going to send people away for short, definite periods of time, but not lengthy mandated sentences. Yeah, because we've seen uh, crime rates since the early 90s uh, essentially in free fall. Um, and there, a lot of things have happened over that same time period. Uh, an expansion of mandatory minimums was one of them, but also an expansion of the issuance of gun permits was another that happened over that time. Or the the economy did really well for much of that time period. Is there some? Is there anything in there that uh, that you've seen that you've observed that you say, well, this this probably had more to do with this decline in crime than mandatory minimum sentencing. Well, we're certainly smarter about policing. That's one thing that people, uh, you know, acknowledge on all sides of the ideological spectrum is that. You know, focusing on high crime areas and being smarter about community policing, uh, that has worked. Um, I think we're smarter about public health, that we're treating addiction and we're not just locking everybody. That has been progress. But even those numbers, you know, crime came down in the 90s and we passed mandatory minimums in the late 80s and people say, you know, this is Jeff Sessions' argument is we passed these tough laws and crime went down. But incarceration started going up during the 80s. So the country had already realized that the 60s, late 60s and 70s, they had might have been a little bit indulgent and the culture had changed because crime was so high. So you didn't need mandatory minimums for judges and the courts and police to get the picture that we had to be a little tougher and mete out a little more punishment per offense. Uh, the question is whether you had overkill and I think it's pretty clear now that we did because otherwise continuing to punish at this level would be reducing the crime rate. and. Like I said, it, when you have statistics that show over the course of 15 years, 19 states were able to reduce both crime and incarceration, that doesn't fit that theory. What do you see as uh, – who's holding on to that argument still? I mean, besides the attorney general of the United States? Besides Jeff Sessions, who, who's still making that argument? I mean we've seen a lot of reform in, in sometimes very deep red states uh, with respect to uh, sentencing and specifically just criminal penalties in general. Uh, but who's still holding on to that argument? Well, first of all, the attorney general is not insignificant and I think it would be a mistake to think he doesn't speak for a lot of people. There is still there that view out there. It's mostly generational, mostly younger members, whether they be Republican or Democrat, support sentencing reform. But there are some people out there who want to throw the book at everybody and they think um, that you know public safety is forever and always improved by putting people in cages. That's just a long-standing – I mean to me that's an evolutionary viewpoint and sometimes facts and figures aren't going to get through to them because these people think it just makes sense. It's so intuitive. Obviously, if I have the bad guy and I can lock him in a cage, I'm safer for it. They don't think about things about the replacement effect, about putting that drug dealer behind and another one comes out um, you know, and whether deterrence works at all. And so they're not steeped in theory and they're not worried about these sort of uh, – these matters. They just think intuitively – Punishing bad people is the right thing to do. And they would also say, forget public safety. Bernie Madoff, we may, not be, we may be no less safe with Bernie Madoff on the street, but he certainly deserves punishment for what he did. And so I'm still happy for retribution purposes to lock him up. So that, that attitude is still out there. All right. So retribution yes. and the intuitiveness of removing criminals from the streets is, is the general argument. Is there any, are there any public officials who – or former public officials who have sort of seen the light in, in just the last few years? Well, if you look at a group like Right on Crime, which is a bunch of state and federal you know, former officials, uh, 
you know, everything from governors like Jeb Bush and former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich. This is a group that's, uh, you know, early in the 80s and 90s was all on the tough on crime bandwagon and they have since come around and said, some will say, you know, we got that wrong. Others will say, no, we got that right for that moment. But now we've, you know, we've gone over the edge. We didn't need to go this far. And so um, they now support reform. And I think, you know, look, you look at some of the criminologists like Stephen Levitt who wrote Freakonomics. Even he says, I think the increase in incarceration was responsible for up to 25 percent of the drop in crime in the 90s. And so people always seize on that and say, see, you know, that, that shows that. But then they asked him in the 2000s what he thought and he said, oh, no, now I think we've gone way overboard. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd reduce the prison population by a third. And so I think there is a sense of whether you thought you were wrong before or not, you realize that we've overshot the mark. There was a, there was a moral panic that went on and we went crazy on a prison building binge. So if, if, we are, if we are where we are and we're not getting any more benefits out of this, in, this large increases in, in spending that we've had on prisons and the incarceration, of course, the human cost of in, incarceration, uh, where do we go from here? I think what we should be looking for is precision. I think we should be looking to get the biggest bang out of our buck, use prisons, save prisons for the most serious offenders. And I think that's the mistake we have made is there's sort of a false debate about over-incarceration versus under-incarceration. The problem may be misincarceration. We may be spending a lot of resources on offenders who don't need prison and for whom prison may not be the best solution. They would benefit more from drug, uh, alcohol treatment, mental health, behavioral counseling. And those are people we don't need to waste thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year of expensive prison bed space on. And yet we have in certain cities really low clearance rates for murder and rape and serious offenders who people are rightly scared of. We're not catching those people. And so the question may be more about whether we're using our resources the most efficiently to make us safe. That's probably a more productive debate than whether we should just keep building more prisons and locking more people up. Kevin Ring is president of Families Against Mandatory Minimums. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 